Hello, my name is Ben. My name is Marily. And we are the hosts of the Two Vague Podcast this week. We are going to be talking about a very big topic, which I didn't realize how big it was until I started doing my research for the show. It's The word is agriculture, which is, I think, a very interesting subject. So when I talked to you about what word you wanted to talk about, you said agriculture. Why was that the first word that came to mind for you? It was because I grew up around it uh-huh. in uh, Summerton, Arizona. Okay. Is, um, is that a farming town? Pretty much. It's like a border town uh, okay. from like Mexico and like San Luis, Arizona and like San Luis, Mexico. I would just, you know, see it happen like every season right. when it came to like planting the crops, like mm-hmm. how it would change, how they would um, burn down the trees that had like the citrus trees and stuff like that. Right. And... Um, it was also a part of uh, my childhood growing up because my mom was a field worker. Oh, okay. And my dad was too, my biological dad. Right. So. Like when you were younger, mm-hmm. what was the first farming task that you did when you realized, you know, you were on a farm? Well, I didn't really grow up in a farm. I just grew up like um, pretty much in the counties is oh, okay. where like uh, it was kind of, well... I grew up in Summerton, you know, okay. obviously. Um, but then the fields were just so, like, close to me. Okay. I just saw it all the time, like, right. happening. And, like, I would ask my mom, like, oh, mom, what's going on? Like, right. I don't understand this. Like, um, so she would explain to me that, oh, they're just preparing the, like, the soil and stuff. So they right. can make, like, it's the season of the watermelon. So they're planting, like, you know, all of the you know, seeds for the water, watermelon and everything. And mm-hmm. then like, I'll have to go to work eventually, like in a, like in a couple months or whatever, or like if she wasn't already working on like picking the lettuce or whatnot, like right. she would tell me about that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Just cause like, you know, I thought it was a little weird, you know, seeing it. And a few of my friends were, they were also like, they were live in the counties where I like, I eventually moved when I was at 13. Mm-hmm. And that's just pretty much like, I want to say it's like 10, 15 minutes from Summerton. Okay. Uh, it's actually like going to Yuma now at that point. Right. Um, so how many, how, how long was the trip? As far as, you know, from you, from Summerton to Yuma? Yeah. Yeah. It was about like 10 to 15 minutes. Not okay. even, it's so just not, more rural, like <clears throat> okay. less like in the city or in the, you know, town right. at that point. Um, That's a word <laughs> I need to use more often. What? Rural. Rural. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't really use it that often either, so I'm pretty proud of myself that I use it today. The rural juror. (laughs) The what? No, there was was this uh, bit on the show 30 Rock where one of the characters is involved in this production called The Rural Juror, and no one can say rural juror. I know, it's so hard. Yeah. (laughs) The rural juror. And it's just like the rural juror? No, it's the rural juror. Rural juror. Juror. Anyway, not to get us off topic there. We're not talking about 30 Rock. We are talking about agriculture. So when you were growing up, your parents were, Mm -hmm. they they were pickers? Yeah, they were were like field workers. They they were, were, okay. So so that was their primary form of income when you were younger. Yeah. Uh, Did they do that throughout throughout their lives? And then, you know, how, how did their job progression go did they 
start managing farms and, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth? Or No, uh, they didn't get to that point. Okay. Uh, my dad actually passed away when I was two. Okay. Um, and then my mom got into like a little bit of a accident while working in the fields. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so she... I don't really remember that much, you know, exactly what happened because right. she tried to like shield me a lot from it because she oh, yeah. got really hurt, you know. And, right, uh, right. And so, as a as a young child, that's mm-hmm. that's your instinct to, yeah. is to to make sure you uh, keep your child safe from yeah, even exactly. emotional things, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah, because it. Uh, I remember really not seeing her for a little bit. She would be at in like bed and like laying down for right. a while, but she. Because my dad had passed away when I was two in a car accident, um, she would work in the fields, you know, picking the lettuce, the, right. you know, uh, she never did cotton, I don't believe. Okay. Because I think I, by that point, I think it was more like machinery uh-huh. where that would actually do oh, like yeah, tractors that would, and stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. that would do that sort that of thing. That would do that. Uh-huh. Okay. So, um. You were young. Your mother works in the fields. Mm-hmm. And so eventually you get to a point when when did you did did you ever work in the fields with no, her or uh, no I never did um it was it's really hard work like yeah. it's it affects your body a lot yeah. and someone has to do it you know right. what I mean so is it, um are there like like a carpet tunnel kind of yeah and then just like things, bending down a lot yeah, yeah and, and back problems back I'm problems um. You know, there's still, to this day, still people that are field workers and right. do that, you know, for a job because it's, like, easy money, right. you know, but it's not a lot of money. Right. Um, and it, so after, you know, she had gone into that accident and whatnot, she stopped working. Okay. And around that time is when she met my dad. I mean, my stepdad. Right. Um, and so he was like, well, I work for... Uh, this company that works like it's pretty much like a vegetable company, you okay. know, pretty much uh, driven by agriculture and all that stuff. Right. And, and right. Um, he's like, don't worry about working, like stay home with like, you know, your daughter and your son and my older brother. And, you know, don't worry about working anymore. So since that, since I was about six or seven, that's when she stopped working. Okay. But she would work uh, as a a field worker to support us. Right. Oh, yeah. Much. Yeah. And, um, as a single mother. Mm-hmm, as right? a single mo- yeah. mother for, yeah, she did that for about four or five years. Yeah. So it was tough, you know, but um, I just always remember like asking her, like, oh, uh, you're going to, like, she would bring all kinds of watermelon all the time. Right. Or like, right. Um, she would bring lettuce, like uh-huh. all kinds of salads, because at that point, like, she was kind of working through a company as well. Right. Um, and that's the company that my stepdad actually work at. Oh, okay, so, so so it was it, it kind of the same, the same company. Yeah, uh-huh. um, but he would work like in the actual like facility and like work with like a forklift and like move stuff around. Okay, you know, so and, okay, so mm-hmm. I was just about to ask, what did your stepfather do for for this company? Yeah, so he worked as a pretty much a forklift um, driver, o- operating, and, yeah. mm-hmm, operating, and uh, he had to go through. I'm assuming certifications for that because right. I heard that it's hard. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, I can only imagine how much like I don't know about tractors. Do you have yeah. to have certifications for tractors too? You I don't think? know. I'm thinking you I, should. I think you have because to because they're so big yeah. and to operate and stuff and like all the gears and stuff that you have to like. I'm assuming you have to at least know how to like 
drive a you know manual or something right. or be, to right. be able to operate it. I don't know about licensing. I had a couple of friends in Illinois um, at various parts of my life where you know they were they were kids. I got to do my chores. I got to you know and just jump on the tractor. Knows how to operate the tractor. Yeah. And How then, old were they at that point? Uh, I had one, one uh, my friend Derek, back when I was grade school, I think. So I don't know, like first, second grade, maybe. Oh my God, that's so Yeah, long. yeah. <laughs> to be and, doing it. And he was, yeah, he was doing his chores and doing his things. Mm-hmm. And I think they ended up selling their land and moving away. Oh, okay. To mm-hmm. maybe greener pastures. I don't know. I kind of lost contact. But I do remember spending time at their farm. And one of the top things to do as far as playing with stuff was he was really into model trains. So we would just sit and play with model trains mostly. Mm -hmm. Go outside, do stuff outside, walk around their property. But mostly the toys that we had were model (laughs) model trains. The toys, quote unquote. I had a lot of, I mean, that's during the 70s, right? So the, the toys that I had, I mean, I guess were more manual sort of things like mm-hmm. you had your ball and your, <laughs> you know you, had, you play with balls and you played <laughs> pretty much yeah soccer balls soccer. hide and seek i used to love playing hide oh hide and seek. seek oh my gosh that was my shit honestly yeah i would you know yeah was fun. back to <laughs> so 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 the forklift so he would basically manipulate the locations of these various crops whatever mm-hmm. the seasonal thing is yeah, uh-huh. and so he was a forklift operator. Did he stay that until a retirement, or is he still doing that now? Or? He's not doing that now, no. He still does similar work with like forklifts, but for a uh-huh. battery company, actually, okay. now. Okay, so like um, working in a warehouse. Yeah, now you know. he works at a warehouse. Um, but So yeah, you know, when the season would come to where... Obviously, in Arizona, it's not always hot or right. like the temperatures change, you know. Yeah. Um, so I hear that 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 works that way everywhere. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> man, I guess. So. <laughs> God damn it! Like, like you know, I don't think you're everywhere gonna... <laughs> on the planet. Yes. So I guess you know, like, uh, explains the seasonal workers. Right. But, uh, right. Yeah. So we would um, go to. California during the summer. Okay. Um, and my older brother. So would, you would move back and forth between mm-hmm. Arizona and California. I would fucking go to school like year round. It sucked. Honestly. Okay. I didn't. I never really had like a summer vacation. So it wasn't homeschooling, or was no, it homeschool? Okay. It was, it was just like you like go going to, to school. Uh-huh. So you you bounced between schools. Yeah, I oh, wow. did. I would go. So um, when I first started doing that, I believe I was like in the second or third grade. Okay. Because at that point, like my stepdad was, uh, you know, uh, doing that uh, all the time. And I remember he would be over there in California for the season for the season. And that would last about like seven to eight months. Okay. So I wouldn't really see him a lot. Right. You know, obviously he provided for us and like right. I'm very grateful for that. Um but I would never really see him, you know, mm. at all. He would always be over there. But then there was always, um, there was a time when we started going with him. Right. Um, because with, like, agriculture, it used to be to where, like, you know, the farmers or the seasonal workers would come back and forth from either Arizona or California or whatnot. And the program started to where people that had families would get, like, 
housing like and stuff. stipends and yeah, stuff for uh-huh. housing for housing okay. and it would be in a certain area too like right. an apartment complex pretty right. much for and they would just kind of rent the worker. whole thing mm-hmm. yeah. for for us and would help us out with like groceries and um with the rent and all that stuff yeah. and it was fun like personally i liked it because um we would go back and forth to Cal to California, and I would just like love to see like the outside, and like I would just stare out the window the entire time, right. like just looking at how like different the desert was from like you know the right. green and like, yeah, yeah. the ocean and all that stuff from yeah. like where Cali. So so where where in California was this uh, where was the farm located? Um, so where we worked where we lived is uh, King City. Okay, that's where we lived. Where is that? Where is that in relation to like somewhere like um, San Diego or LA mm, or whatever? I believe it's about forty five minutes to an hour from Salinas. Uh, I mean uh, Salinas, and. It's about, I guess, from Kings, from like Los, uh, L.A. It'd be like about six hours. I oh, think. okay. So like it's, four a, it's or six a, hours. Okay. So is it is it on the? It's on the eastern side mm-hmm. of the state. Yeah, it's it's not that close. I don't think it's that close to uh, Sacramento. Right. Um, but it was mostly close to Salinas and like Bakersfield and. Okay. Um, oh, so further north like, then. Uh huh. I guess yeah. so. Yeah, it's more like going up the coast. Yeah. Uh huh. A little bit. I remember we'd go through there and like, yeah. i'd be so fascinated with like everything i worked in california uh when i worked at a particular software company where i met your boyfriend's father <laughs> i worked at the software company and they sent me to their uh headquarters in uh mountain view california which mm-hmm. you know the the silicon valley area oh yeah uh-huh. uh, where like san francisco and yeah stuff yeah is. yeah mm-hmm. san, and san jose san jose mm-hmm. yeah san jose at that time wasn't was kind of run down mm-hmm. but i've heard that it they have made it's amazing now i hear it's just like and that's where i was talking to you about when i was up there mm-hmm. i had a girlfriend named uh marcella and marcella uh was from guadalajara Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mexico, and she was working up there at Yahoo, Yahoo Spain, and Yahoo Mexico. So she would do like uh, various tech support kind of mm-hmm. stuff for Yahoo Spain and Yahoo Mexico. Oh, wow. And so, anyway, that's pretty much where I learned all my Spanish. Mm-hmm. I can say Naris. Naris. And Lengua. Oh. You ever have Lengua? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you like it, lengua? I don't like good. lengua. It was good. Um, it, Dad was a big fan of the Oh, was it? You know, oh, the was tongue. he? Yeah. It, <laughs> it's really good. Like, yeah. if you prepare it, you know, very well. Is it beef it. or pork? It's beef. Okay. It's okay. cow's tongue, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's, a, I guess, pretty big tradition, you know, yeah. um, traditional, like, Mexican cooking and stuff. Right. Um, I really like it in tacos. That's my favorite way yeah. to have it. Uh, not too long ago, I actually went to uh, Phoenix. Uh, my best friend, Dia, lives over there. Uh-huh. And she made some uh, tacos de lengua. Uh-huh. De lengua. And they were so fucking good. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's been a long time. And, and it's just a process. You know, it takes like eight hours to make. And you could do it in a, co- in a crock pot, whatever. Right. But, but um, it's the, the cooking time the cooking, is what yeah. makes it. Okay. My whole point of that story about going up north to California was basically that I drove there Mm -hmm. from here, from Tucson up to Mountain View. And uh, I think on the way up there, I took like 
this the coastal sort of route Mm -hmm. but then on my way back i went through the center of the state and one of the first places i stopped at and stayed i think was somewhere in bakersfield california oh yeah Uh um i think it was a short first day i kind of left really early and i was like okay i'll sleep and then i'll do it all you know just like in one shot Mm -hmm. from the morning on so yeah and there's manure smelling everywhere mm-hmm. in oh Bakersfield gosh, yeah. just the whole friggin I'm surprised you you so King City is before Bakersfield okay okay uh, did you smell the garlic because <laughs> there was a garlic oh, factory that's I must where I have. used to live yeah King City because oh literally they had a big like garlic uh factory and uh-huh. smell like garlic oh, so do you hate garlic now because of I that do. or do you I love, love garlic? garlic i love garlic I do. too i can't like i love it i don't that uh-huh. that didn't have to do with anything at that time i guess i didn't really like it because right. of like me smelling it all the time uh-huh. um but it's i suppose so there, delicious. there are so there are worse the ta- worst things to be smelling of a of a town yeah now, i, I right. remember when i was a little kid i don't know maybe not super little like nine or ten or maybe eleven mm-hmm. we went to see my uncle uh my mother's brother we went to hershey pennsylvania and we we're gonna stay there a couple of days as soon as we arrived whole fucking town smells like chocolate like the whole town it's like you get in there and you you're smelling nothing but chocolate after a while, it gets a little old, uh-huh. let me just bet, say. Yeah, you, uh, sure. But then you get used to it, and mm-hmm. it's like, it just smells normal. Mm-hmm. Um, That's how I felt at that point. Yeah, with garlic. Because I would go all the time, yeah. yeah. We would, I think I still, I went from when I was in third grade to about like fifth or sixth grade, even seventh, a little bit of seventh okay. grade too. Right. Um, and it would suck because, you know, all my friends were in like Summerton and in right. Yuma, but... Right. I would see them when I would come back, right, obviously. Right. But. There are towns that are far worse off as far mm-hmm. as smells, like burning garbage or any of those. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. Next to the dump. Yeah. Like the, Garlic the landfills is, and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> oh, God. With the burning, the, the burning stacks mm-hmm. on the landfills. When we would go to my grandma and grandpa's house, uh, which was in Indiana, we would pass by one of these dumps that would burn the garbage and it was just like the worst smell. Every time we would pass, it was just kind of like, ugh, oh my we're getting close. Mm-hmm. We know that we were getting close to ugh. Grandma and Grandpa's house because we had to pass the that's, landfill. It was just like, ugh. It's disgusting. Yeah. So I, garlic. That's, that's Yeah, exactly. I associate garlic a lot with going to King City and yeah. like living there. And we lived actually... Um, next to a train track so i would okay. hear it all the time oh yeah you know going back and forth yeah which for like a while it bothered me you know right. but then i got used to it and even like i would hear it you know here and there uh, or like when it would come obviously it has to like do the whole like beep and all that stuff right, you right, know, right. or whatever it was annoying and it woke me up but then after that i just didn't even care you yeah. know it, I was so used to it, did and you, it would like rattle the yeah yeah. <laughs> the did you windows and did everything. you find that you uh, became a heavy sleeper after that? Like it, it, difficult to wake you up, or did it not Somewhat. affect your sleep? Or yeah, uh, I guess it did affect my sleep a little bit because then yeah, like I guess um, I would ignore it after yeah. a while. But even but now, like you know, getting older, like my internal clock is kind of like weird sometimes. Because right, like I right. said, you know, my cat wakes me up at like five. 
45 in the morning to yeah. feed him <laughs> but like, wake up it's time to be fed it's like yeah it's uh, like there's there's sunlight out all right it's time for, to eat right like, no right. dude i want to sleep in but no even now like i don't um i'm a kind of light sleeper okay uh, unless okay. like i just you know i just went to sleep and i'm a kind of heavy sleeper and i don't right, really right. remember stuff yeah but um no, no. The, the only reason i said that is because i have always notoriously been a heavy sleeper very mm-hmm. difficult to wake up one of the reasons is probably the fact that for late high school yeah like senior year and on the house that we lived in was right next to railroad tracks also it was like i don't know i don't know how many feet away it Mm -hmm. was it was almost comforting just the 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 light rumbling Mm -hmm. whenever a train would go by it would just be like you know you'd feel it and you feel comfort yeah you know or at least i did i know for sure i i I get that i definitely um but now you said the cat wakes up five (laughs) Yeah. My cat Bash. So, in order to get me up for food, the best way for him to do that, if it's available, is to <laughs> stick his tongue in my ear. He he's figured that out now. So it's like, willy. oh my gosh, it's so <laughs> it's so horrible. It's like, okay, okay, I'm up, and that'll wake me up like that. Whereas, you know, he That's was so like funny. his claws. I mean, I, I, you'll see claw marks on my mm-hmm. arms because I just even sleep through that where he just kind of like goes, hey, hey, wake up, wake up. And then I'll move and just get all these claw marks all over me. But <laughs> the tongue in the ear. That's hilarious. That's the one. That's the one. That's the so. one that he knows that he got you with. Yep. <laughs> as far as like agriculture and stuff, mm-hmm. um, because of uh, Cesar Chavez and uh, I think her name is Dolores Huerta, uh-huh. because of them, like that's how they started actually. Okay. The, um, and who are they again? Uh, Cesar Chavez. Uh-huh. Oh, Cesar Chavez. Uh-huh. Okay, gotcha. Cesar Chavez and... You, you're saying it all correct, and I'm saying it like <laughs> Caesar. I can't remember the other girl's name, the lady's name. I think her name was uh, Dolores, yeah, Dolores Huerta. Uh-huh. So she was the one that actually um, kind of like started the movement with like children of field workers and farmer Uh workers to have those benefits to have like an apartment complex paid for and like food you know given to us and stuff like that and then cesar chavez also you know he was the co-founder of the agriculture workers association committee right so that like benefited what my dad was doing as well you know because they would give him money or like you know give him some sort of benefit so, to take his family with him too. right mm-hmm. so you were from arizona did your parents immigrate from mexico or were they also born in arizona my my stepdad was born in az so he's a okay. you know uh he was born here and my mom was born in san luis uh rio colorado sonora uh-huh. so it's pretty much like a cross board the Right there in the border. Border um, town, yeah. Border town of like Summerton and San Luis. Uh, so she was born there. And then my biological dad, he also worked in the fields too. That's, you know, that's how him and my mom would support us. Right. Um, when he was still alive. And he is from Aguascalientes, Mexico. So it's pretty like, pretty far. I think it's kind of where Chihuahua is. Okay. And I believe where Guadalajara is too. Okay. I can't okay. remember exactly, but it's through there, I believe. And um 
So when they like cross the border, that's how they were able to get jobs so fast because you don't need papers, you right. know, to right. be a field worker. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how uh, they supported us. So when you were born, you were born in the United States. Mm-hmm. So I was you, born in Yuma. Did they have citizenship at, at, at that point? At that point, my mom was working on hers and my dad was too. Okay. I believe they had their green cards. Okay, yeah. gotcha, uh-huh. gotcha. But you being born in the United States, your U.S. citizen yeah, because uh-huh. you were born in the United States. Yeah, and me and my older brother. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent solid on on the law, but my mm-hmm. understanding was if you were born in the United States, you're a U.S. citizen. Is that yes. still okay? Yeah, because you need a birth certificate mm-hmm. and you need all this stuff. And yeah, and social yeah. security number and all right, that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. They eventually they did get like you know their social security numbers and all that stuff right uh, by the time that my older brother was born yeah so uh he was born in 88 okay and i was born in 92 okay so uh <laughs> i graduated uh high school in 89 oh really yeah oh, wow. yeah anyway <laughs> good times huh good times <laughs> the 80s the 80s yeah. yes so yeah and uh i mean uh I guess that that's how, like, you know, they they got their start as right. far as... Because they... Well, when my mom first crossed the border, she was 14. Okay. And um, she crossed it the old-fashioned way, you know? Right. Through the desert and all that. Yeah. And my my biological dad and his family did, too. The same thing. Mm-hmm. So... And uh, once they crossed, they just stayed here? They went to, actually, Lo- uh, Los Angeles. Okay. Because uh, my... My biological dad's sister was living there with her, like, husband and stuff like that. Right. And she had a big enough house to, like, you know, house them. And Mm -hmm. so my mom would work, uh, started working at, like, a factory of, like, I believe restaurant utensils and stuff like that. So she would work with that first. Once they started dating, it had been... They knew each other since we were, like, yeah. Because they grew up in the same neighborhood. So since they were, like, six, you know. And then um, when they moved to Los Angeles, they eventually started dating once they were, like, tw- in their 20s okay. and stuff. So um, that's how she got her start. I guess mm. my mom and my dad both, they worked for the same company. Okay. And then uh, they moved to Yuma, and that's when they started working as field workers. All right. mm-hmm. So you didn't have any exposure to the 4-H club. Oh, uh, you know what? I was going to ask you before mm-hmm. we get into that. What were the the crops that were picked in Arizona and the crops in California that were like the primary crops? Uh, I believe it was lettuce, uh, grape. In in Arizona or Uh, California? In California. The crops that they worked in were lettuce, Mm -hmm. grapes, watermelon, uh, regular, I think just like melons. Okay. uh, Both like the green and the orange. All right. And then, um, oh, strawberries as well. Okay. And in Yuma, it was cotton, lettuce as well, spinach, broccoli, uh, watermelon, regular melon. I think that's it as yeah. far as like when they would be working. Right. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the seasons they would work. Yeah. The yeah. seasons they would work. You were never involved in, in it as a, as a child, the 4-H club? I can't remember. I think we were okay um because i believe they it was like scouting essentially except uh, more farming oriented oh okay yeah um, it was just like that's kind of what it became mm-hmm. but it was uh to get children involved essentially mm-hmm. I mean, for the most part children involved in 
the business of farming. So it was like things like growing, you know, the best corn or things entered into state fairs and things like that. You Mm -hmm. would grow things and grow grow animals. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Got to water my animals. No, but I mean, you know, breed animals for, uh for the shows and stuff. Yeah. But anyway, it started out as sort of like a community way to get children involved. It was formed back in 1914 Mm -hmm. by a congressional order. It involved the USDA. That's kind of what officially created the 4-H as an organization was was Mm -hmm. Congress. There were things that led up to that much older. It it kind of slowly became what it is today. Mm -hmm. Boys and girls learning about Crops and all that. Crops stuff. And, and the whole business and things of farming and, mm-hmm. and people who were involved. And it was a community-based sort of organization where people in the community and colleges and things would, would donate their time. In fact, mm-hmm. one, of my, one of the colleges I attended was University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. And they were a big agriculture school there. Oh, okay. And I remember living in the dorm... I was going there for engineering, but the dorm I lived at was like the southmost dorm. Mm-hmm. And down there, we had right next to us, just like, you know, walking distance was the meat sciences building. And we were like, what the heck is meat <laughs> sciences? I that don't sounds know. super interesting, honestly. But As it turns out, with the meat sciences building, and we're kind of going all over this place the, here, I apologize. It's all good, no but, worries. Yeah, meat sciences is essentially you go there and you do production, quality, judging, uh, and marketing of meats. That's basically what the meat sciences laboratory focuses on as far as coursework. There was also a big thing. I never saw it, and this might just be a, might be one of those like urban legend things. But there was a at University of Illinois. There was a cow that had a plastic stomach. Something happened, and they had to replace not the not the stomach itself, but the skin. Mm-hmm. So it's like you could see the four stomachs, like you could oh, see wow. them digesting. And that's interesting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, but anyway. <laughs> That's a little Whoa. bit of a side. Yeah. <laughs> Meat scientists in general, they participate and they donate their time to the 4-H club. But as part of what, you know, the things that you're learning there, you've got to learn by doing for mm-hmm. the most part, which is pretty much like 4-H's. Hands on, sorry, hands-on learning. Yeah, like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's that's basically what the 4-H is all about, mm-hmm. right? So they have like workshops there and things like that and donate their time. Also what they have there on campus, and I never had a chance to go there because I was living on beans and rice. Beans and rice and and soul food. Our uh, dorm had soul food night. Oh, really? Yeah, and me and my roommate were the only white kids at the soul food night. (laughs) You guys were the only ones with good taste then. (laughs) Well, we were the only ones, I mean, we we had never been exposed to any of that food, right? So it's like we were kind of exploring your mature palate. <laughs> yeah. A part of the meat sciences, they operate a meat and eggs sales room, which is just basically a butcher shop essentially yeah, pretty much, where yeah. they yeah, where they offer all the all the products that mm-hmm. that are made as a part of being on campus and things like that. It's always been one of those things where I'm fascinated by it. It's like 
it's great on vacation, but I don't want to live there yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The whole process is interesting. Another big place, and this is more down the lines of agriculture, the experimental cornfield on oh. campus. And it was located right next door to the campus library, mm-hmm. which was built three stories underground, allegedly to not block the light from the Moro plots. Oh, and it was okay. just basically, you know, experimental cornfield that was an active place where they grew stuff as a part of projects and things. I don't know what kind of naughty things went on in the experimental mm-hmm. cornfield. I mean, it was underground, what? so I feel like... Oh, I'm... no, no, the library was underground. Oh, it was okay. above ground. So oh, it okay, was. Okay. So that's why they built the library mm-hmm. underground, oh, okay, was not to block okay. the light from mm-hmm. the experimental cornfield, which is just basically a cornfield right in the middle of campus kind yeah. of thing. Interesting. Um, the moral plots, they began in 1876 by, get this name, I love this name, don't name your kids this name, <laughs> Professor Manly Miles. He sounds like a porn star, Manly. It really does. Manly Miles. Manly Miles. Well, that's probably why they don't call it the Manly Miles plots. (laughs) It was created by Manly Miles. It was a three and a half acre field with different crop schemes for, you know, like, you know, as they're educating kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And then it was expanded by George E. Morrow three years later. And that's why it's called the Morrow Plots, because it's it's the oldest field as far as research in, in a school environment mm-hmm. in the country. And wow. the second oldest in the world. So it's wow. like, it's a big deal. They officially made it a landmark in uh, 1968. So it's a national historic landmark. It's still managed by the College of Agriculture, Consumer, and Environmental Sciences at the University of Illinois. And it still operates, but it's much smaller than it was. It was scaled down in size. It was was larger before, and it maintained that. And then I guess, you know, as things go, they still have the plot, but it probably is a function of how many students they have utilizing it or what projects they have going or whatever that's cool though learning how to do all that stuff like in the middle of campus right right that's amazing was genetically modified organisms something that was discussed by anyone that you're related to picking i don't think it would be but I mean, no, I don't. I mean, I never heard it from my parents or anything right. like that. But. Because mostly, mostly corn is what they're mm-hmm. is was what they're concerned with with uh, genetically modified maize, genetically modified organisms. There's people who think, oh, that's bad, mm-hmm. but it isn't necessarily. There there are certain things with disease resistant strains, and things that would take a long, much longer time to develop. Mm-hmm. Boy, this this, this subject can go any one of a number of places. But I, I, I was doing sure. a little bit of research on these things called terminator seeds. Terminator where, seeds? Yeah, Hello? yeah. It sounds odd. But terminator seeds are basically a company sells you the seeds, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, as a part of doing the seeds, you can get, you know, other seeds from those seeds. Well, these only have one cycle. That's it. And you've got to buy them back from the company. So that's why they're called 
Terminator seats. Now, I don't think, I don't know if they're commercially available, Mm -hmm. but that seems like, so then nature is taken out of the equation as far as getting your, your next crops. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Which is, yeah, which is all weird and scary and kind of like. So when I'm assuming that whenever they plant those, it's after that, that like. They're infertile. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, you can't get anything from those plants once they've been harvested wow. there's no mm-hmm. and that's really kind of strange yeah it is but yeah that's how it's designed and mm-hmm. these seeds and i don't think like i said i don't i'm not sure that they're commercially available but i read about them and i was like that's an interesting way to keep people coming back to you yeah and also to keep other farmers from doing things like cross-pollinating and coming up with their own you know their yeah. own strains and no. whatnot and mm-hmm. just like okay well this is mine now and i'm sure that they go down as far as like genetic markers and things that kind of like identify certain types of corn yeah and they've got to be like that like the whole science I of assume, farming yeah. has got to be super freaking complex yes nowadays. I honestly i thought about it briefly to like study it at yeah. the u of a when i was there uh-huh. um i went with Family studies and human development. Okay. Uh, instead, but I thought about agriculture and like yeah. life sciences, but I was like, oh my gosh, how like complicated that would be yeah. to just learn the scientific. I think there's like, a lot of math. Of it. There's it a, is, I think there's yeah. a lot of math uh-huh. involved in that. And too. I'm not the best at math, so right. I was like, maybe not. I would want to do something. Obviously, I grew up around it, so right, right. I would. I wanted to learn a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, Besides what my parents would tell me, you know, or what I would just learn just by, you know, talking to my friends or Uh whatever. Um, So I know it's a lot more complicated than that. So it's just, I mean, it's, it's crazy though, how much really like science goes into it and just... There, oh and there's gosh. like let's not we're not even talking about like pesticides and mm-hmm. things like no, that exactly. pesticides yes. brands and and, mm-hmm. and things like that even now like that i grow my own plants and stuff like that well you know maintain my plants being alive and then propagating them and stuff like that right it's being patient pretty much yeah. with it and yeah. like you know you're gonna run into some issues mm-hmm. and like pesticides and all right. that stuff because right. we do grow uh, tomatoes and like chili peppers and um, jalapenos, eggplants and stuff like that. Like, yeah. That's what we've been growing and actually our, I think they're the big boy pl- uh, tomatoes that we got. This okay. like, <laughs> That's what they're called. I think they were some sort of like pesticide got on them because they were, uh, I don't know if exactly what happened, but like it was mixed in with a fertilizer uh or something i think so and it just or even just getting it from like another plant that was like infected by some sort of like okay so we're talking about disease not pesticides like i'm sorry yes uh to keep the bugs away that's pesticides yeah uh okay and uh we had to do that with one of the plants because it started like dying little by little right and our actually our big boy tomato plant i think got like infected, infected by it yeah. yeah um it's doing okay now but yeah. it's a long ways to go yeah and that's where to... that's where your pesticides and your um thing disease resistant strains and things like that come into play with those that they're trying to take that out of the equation mm-hmm. um by doing that kind of 
genetic modifications instead of trying to naturally breed those things out, which takes forever. Pests are a big problem. And how do you keep those pests away? And how to, and then of course, capitalism, people want to, you know, buy our pesticides. And, you know, if there's, if there's some sort of uh, remedy that's, yeah, some sort of a, a remedy that you use that's like a cheap thing oh just grow this thing in addition to that then Mm -hmm. they want to keep those people silent i'm i don't want this to be a political show (laughs) let's get back to the 4-h an organization like i said that was formed officially in 1914 what contributed to that being developed was over the late 1800s and early 1900s it was sort of holistically developed by different like people, right, mm-hmm. in different areas. 4-H membership hit an all-time high in 1974, and there was a program that I didn't even remember until I read this article. And then also I remember being confused at a point where, oh, I saw this show on TV, but it was not what I was talking about. So <laughs> there was this... Uh, I feel like that happens to me all the time. There was a show that was played at, you know, schools, grade schools, grade school level thing called Mulligan Stew, where it was just about, you know, a nutrition and how to stay healthy mm-hmm. and all the different food groups and blah, 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 which was sponsored by 4-H clubs. Mm-hmm. And then there was... And you know what Mulligan Stew is? No. It's just basically... Sometimes people call it hobo stew, which I guess is insulting to hobos. I don't know. <laughs> Basically, what you would use is anything. Mm-hmm. Just anything you have left. It's mulligan stew. It's just whatever. Oh, like all your scraps and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like all your scraps and things that you... That. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything that you're saving up and you just put mm-hmm. it in the stew. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's a diverse stew. <laughs> Stew diversity is a very important issue. And I know, you know, none of the candidates are talking about stew diversity. No, what do they know about stew? (laughs) To get back to that, Mulligan Stew was this television program. And then three years later, I think on NBC, there was a show that was a comedy drama called Mulligan Stew. And I remember, oh, hey, Mulligan Stew, this should be good. And it was... Not, Not what I expected because it wasn't about food. Yeah. It was a comedy drama. <laughs> a little bit before your time. <laughs> if you see a 4 H pin, you know what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a four leaf clover. It's a four leaf clover. Yeah. And it, yeah uh-huh. and it has the four H's on it. Mm-hmm. Jesse Field Shambaugh developed the clover pin with the H on each leaf in 1910. Which they were used mm-hmm. by 4 H clubs, but it was kind of a an award kind of prize sort of thing at first. Oh, okay. And then it, they adopted it as their official emblem, the 4-H club. You recognize it anywhere, right? It's mm-hmm. green four-leaf clover with four H's on it. And those H's stand for head, heart, hands, and health. Mm. So those are the... That's the four H's. That, those are the four H's. <laughs> <laughs> those, those are the four those H's the four indeed. H's, yep, in life. Yep, well, I mean, it's, it makes sense, right? Yeah, it does. Uh-huh. Um, and the stem on the clover is always pointing to the right. Oh. Just to let you know. I don't know I why, know that. but that's it for the 4-H. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's abandon 4-H after I say the 4-H pledge. 
The 4-H pledge is, I pledge my head to clearer thinking, my heart to greater loyalty, my hands to larger service, and my health to better living for my club, my community, my country, my world. Wow. Isn't that, isn't that great? Uh, yeah, that is really great, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's so... Uh, that's pretty... It makes you really think about it. Like Spot on, I yeah, think. Yeah, it really is, honestly. Yeah. 100%. Kind of makes me want to be a farmer. Yeah, no, same. I, it makes me want to be more involved with it. Honestly. With farming, yeah. yeah. Unless you have anything you want to say about agriculture and how it affected your life... That's what I think of when I think of agriculture are those like my experiences at University of Illinois and the 4-H club. Yeah. And you think of your family, right? Mm-hmm. Is there anything else? I guess the background on it with um, Cesar Chavez being involved and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because he was born in Yuma. Right. And died in San Luis. And right. it's just, I guess I'm a little bit more proud knowing that, you know, he and also Dolores, like Huerta, like fought for us you know for our rights and like just because she noticed that you know her i mean some of her students from like field workers Mm -hmm. were literally starving you know and like so it you know it makes me like just proud knowing that i was somewhat involved you know in that and you know had the opportunity to go like back and forth to california you're not really a gamer per Mm -mm, se right i know your boyfriend yeah, Paul. my boyfriend Paul, and pretty much like a lot of my friends. <laughs> okay, are into gaming. Do you ever um, do you ever watch them play games? Or? Yes, I would uh, specifically my ex roommate before I moved in with Paul. Uh-huh. I would always like watch her play. Uh, what's that game? Describe it. Something of us. Oh, The Last of Us. The Last of Us, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, I would watch her play it and just... It was like, almost like a movie. Yes, it was so yeah. crazy. Like, I would get so entertained by uh-huh. just watching her, you know. Even with Paul, you know, he does enjoy doing, like, racing games. Okay. Which, that's what I enjoy doing as well. And he has, like, the wheel and everything. Oh, okay. To, uh, so it's a computer. Mm-hmm. It's on PC, the PC right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. I enjoyed watching. All and then those there were the story she, elements that mm-hmm. kind of, kind of probably kept you involved because yeah. it was almost like a drama. Mm-hmm, it really was. And are there any other games that you do two player with Paul? Um, not video no. games, but I mean, we do play a lot of uh, card games. Okay, <laughs> card games are good. So we took a look at a farming simulator that is called Farming Simulator. <laughs> Literally. Imagine that. <laughs> they are on Farming Simulator 22. Now, that's not the number of farming simulators they have. <laughs> that is the year. I believe Farming Simulator started in 2008. Oh, wow. Um, they've been making these for a while, but this is supposed to offer a different video game experience than things like Animal Crossing or Stardew Valley or Harvest Moon which are basically like more cutesy growing the vegetables and having a big carrot over your head and giving it to someone so they can love you or whatever. Give them the right vegetables, I guess. Or like, I think it's butterflies too, right? And flowers and all that stuff. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't there, play it a lot, but... Oh, you, Animal fun. Crossing? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. Stardew Valley is the one with the vegetables oh, okay. over the head. <laughs> when someone says, hey, I'm playing Stardew Valley, I just think of some little cartoon holding a big vegetable over their head, and it's a different vegetable. Oh, like a big potato each time. I don't know. Where are the beets? So anyway, um, yeah, Farming Simulator uh, 22 is the one that's going to be coming out shortly. And we were watching some of the footage of it and just marveling at how much detail they're putting into just the whole experience of farming. Yeah. I mean, in a video game. Uh, it's it's apparently it's really popular in Germany. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, um, that's true. That guy yeah. is German. Well, yeah, the, the, yeah. <laughs> um, twenty five million copies or something ridiculous oh, wow. like that. It's it's sold a lot of copies like oh. over its lifetime. Ooh. So and now they have it on the consoles. It, I think it started out as just PC. Oh, okay. And so I don't know if it's my thing necessarily, as far as something that I would enjoy. But I can definitely appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. It's just like you would think uh, running a farm would be. Mm-hmm. Your tractors, you got to plant your seeds, mm-hmm. you got to have all the equipment. It, it's very detailed. They just got licenses from John Deere. So they yeah, can use actual John that. Deere equipment. Mm-hmm. And they use a lot of branded things in the game. Saw a lot of those back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Case International Harvester things and John Deere things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, around yeah. the field. Those are the stuff. only two that I remember. Yeah, me too. Uh-huh. I only remember International Harvester because I thought it was saying hello to me every time <laughs> I saw the logo. I was like, hi! It's actually, eh. It's not, hi! But it looked like the big H, H and the yeah. little I. Mm-hmm. So I just said, hi. <laughs> Klaus and, and just like every single foreign in domestic farming piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. I was also reading an interesting article about how the makers of it, they want to you know, make it as realistic as possible. But there are some questions when it comes to like ethics and things like I was talking about the pesticides mm-hmm. and pesticide brands and things yeah. like that. Generally, what they want to do, the the developer says they want to make it as authentic and as realistic as possible. So that means having the real brands. But when it comes to companies like Monsanto, which they're involved in sort of like legal battles about how their pesticides cause cancer and things like that, (laughs) they, they want to strike that balance and they want to use... I guess the positive brands and not the negative brands. But I mean, I think at some point you just have to use, if you want to be realistic, you just yeah. have to use it. Well, you have to, to make your crops yeah. like grow. I and I wonder how much they pay. Now, see, that's that to me is the big question. How much of it is advertising for them and how yeah. much of it is, you know, like, do they have a sweet deal? How much do they pay for the licenses? I mean, I wouldn't imagine it could be that much for the licenses. I don't know. I don't know because it's like pay. exposure to right to their stuff. right. So it would yeah. be either way. I think it'd be very connected. Where like, oh well, if you show this enough or like brand this yeah. enough or more, like we'll give you some sort of cash pay yeah. or whatever. You know, they, they were also talking about how they initially they were reaching out to a lot of companies to ask them, and they didn't understand what farming simulator was. Oddly enough. Interesting. <laughs> it's like they don't understand video games. And, and you say this video game is called Farming Simulator. Mm-hmm. What do you do in it? 
you farm farming simulate i don't know what to <laughs> you say here learn how to farm <laughs> right not in the cartoony way what is credited as like the first farming game mm-hmm. is a game called harvest moon it's also called story of seasons i believe mm-hmm. in japan but here uh, it was called harvest moon you live in a house you go out and you pick corn and you raise your cattle and you, you but it's like super low level stuff mm-hmm. same thing with Stardew Valley it's like it's a whole life doing your picking of crops and it can be kind of repetitive but that's part of like enjoyment the enjoyment of it it's just kind of relaxing do you have any interest in playing any uh like animal crossing or any of that i do because uh, my friend showed me like Bia, my best friend she um showed me uh just like what to do certain things that she has to do where she has to like keep up with the time of day as well right. so like she can get certain amount of um either seeds or like flowers or butterflies or whatever to right. like grow uh-huh um, so I thought it was very interesting, but she has a switch and I don't have a switch. So right. I heard that it's more from what she was playing, like it looked a lot more fun doing yeah. it like yeah. the switch. But they got a version on the iPads, but it's a very scaled back and it was mm-hmm. probably um it was trying to kind of capitalize on microtransactions and people oh, just okay. buying things to accelerate and you have a certain amount of energy to mm-hmm. put into things in the day and you know, I played it for a little bit. But then I just kind of like, eh, mm-hmm. it's just not my thing. Yeah. There was a guy who had a talk show entirely in Animal Crossing. Oh. where And you can see it on Twitch. It was called Animal Talking. Animal Talking. And, yeah. And it was Gary Witta is the name of the guy who created it. Are you familiar with the band Gorillaz? Oh, Gorillaz? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they had uh, Damon Albarn from the Gorillaz on the show. I mean, I think that's something that sort of came out of COVID to mm-hmm. some extent. But yeah, just the idea of having a talk show on a game. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. That is really interesting. I don't know sure. if he does it still. Animal talking. Check it out. Um, do you play any games on your phone or no? Um, I used to play a lot of uh, Mario Kart. Right. For a while. Um, no, not really anything else. More like here and there like solitaire you know but okay. i usually okay. just play with uh one of my clients um he has dementia and he likes to play that a lot too so okay yeah we play like like together and stuff like that so like so what is it what is it you do then um on the side besides working at, at a coffee shop at a coffee shop <laughs> uh i'm also a caregiver okay mm-hmm. okay so so that's that's where you use games to connect yeah, here and there with him, mostly to work on his memory and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he has like a Trivial Pursuit board game at okay. his house, but he, he hates it because, you know, he can't really remember stuff oh, like that. Oh, yeah, but, trivia that mm-hmm. requires. He knows a lot about cars, so we okay. kind of talk uh, somewhat about cars and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, Solitaire, me and him kind of like play, uh, yeah. but not really too much, actually. Uh-huh. Do you ever think about doing something like if he likes cars, maybe a video game that was like a like Need for Speed or something like that, where he can oh, actually yeah. like if he doesn't drive, mm-hmm. maybe something like that would be a way that he can remember some of those old, 
You know, it's like, yeah. I'm guessing that based on what you were saying, it sounded like um, the person you're giving care to is their short-term memory is mm-hmm. the is the problem and yeah. their long-term memory is fine. So yeah, they would somewhat. know mm-hmm. how to do things like driving. Yeah. Yeah. He can drive like physically right now, obviously. Right, right, right. But uh, yeah, I think that would, uh, that gives me a good idea to do that, honestly. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because yeah. I know that. You know, he's super into that as right. well. And Maybe test it out. Maybe yeah. it's like, because I mean, that's the one thing I, you know, people say things to, to me, they think video games are a waste of time. It all stems probably from back in the 70s when they first started. started coming out. Yeah, mm-hmm. arcade games. It's, well, I you know, love arcade games for sure. Yeah, oh, like yeah? Pinball and stuff like oh, that. Oh, pinball. Oh, <laughs> don't get me started on pinball. I have a pinball simulator. It's not the same. You know? Yeah. There's something about playing the thing is just is, is great. Yeah, it's a great sure. it's a great feeling. Yeah, and they're still making pinball machines. Mm-hmm. There's like one company making them, I think. Um, oh, really? Just yeah. one? I think there's two, but it's like this other company is in New Jersey, and it's kind of trying to incorporate video into the pinball machine, oh. so that it's got like sort of a monitor on the back. The screen is animated. They did used to like do like little dot matrix sort of things with like more standard looking displays oh, okay. that, you know like you know they they had graphics but it was just basically monochrome graphics with the little dot matrix thing where certain oh. dots were you know made like arnold schwarzenegger say something or do a little mini game where you're on a motorcycle or you know whatever mm-hmm. it does jersey jack they they make pinball machines but the big company that um, inherited a lot of uh, the people that left. Williams and Midway were the big, the big pinball makers that made the the most, the greatest leaps and all sorts of like really amazing contraptions on the actual pinball machines themselves. And then when Williams, then WMS Industries switched over to just making slot machines after promising that if Pinball 2000, which was their new concept, was successful, they would continue to make pinball machines. Mm-hmm. But Pinball 2000 was successful, and they just said, nope, we're just not making them anymore. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All those people were left to design these pinball machines and stuff without mm-hmm. a job. And you know what? The, the cool thing about Pinball 2000, it was a monitor, but it wasn't like Jersey Jack Pinball where it was just a monitor on the back glass. Well, what... Williams did was they are you familiar with the Pepper's Ghost illusion? No, I'm not. A Pepper's Ghost illusion is basically a way in which you simulate a ghost by using angles. So what what it, it looks like it's a shadowy figure, mm-hmm. um, but you're just basically projecting an image onto a piece of cloth or something. Oh, okay. So it's just basically it looks like a ghost, but it's not a ghost. Oh. Right, so it's you know Pepper's Ghost illusion, and what they did was they used that to project various animations of things onto the game board. So it looked like so there was a monitor, but the monitor was pointed down, mm-hmm. and it had like um, there was a Mars Attacks game where different Martians were there, and there mm-hmm. was you know um, an Episode One pinball machine that they made that oh, had different cool. Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah. I don't know what this has to do with farming <laughs> or agriculture, for that matter. Uh, but oh, pinball machines. It's okay. Um, Maybe they'll come up with an agriculture-based pinball machine. Yeah, there's. Uh, they do have one. Oh, no. 
Um, I'm not surprised and, that you know this. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to. I need to confirm the title because it's ridiculous. It's called "Woe Nelly Big Juicy Melons." Like, can now, I, is there a picture? Uh, there is a picture. I also have it on my PlayStation Four <laughs> as a downloaded table. Mm-hmm. But yeah, "Woe That's Nelly hilarious. Big Juicy Melons." Let me show That's you hilarious. the. The back glass is... I'm familiar with melons for sure. Oh, my God. Very suggestive, <laughs> wouldn't you say? So, yeah. Um, as far as a pinball machine, but yeah, just the, just, the, just the whole back glass with her... Yeah, yeah with her melons. You, with her Literally. melons. Her literal melons. <laughs> big and juicy, apparently. Uh, yeah, apparently. And there's like... And she's straddling a watermelon, and she's in a watermelon patch, oh and then, gosh. then what? Basically, instead of having the legs of a table, like mm-hmm. a, a pinball table, it was actually a crate of watermelons. No way. Yeah. Oh my it was. Gosh. You know, so, I mean, it wasn't. It was painted on, right? <laughs> but it was. But that's what it was rested on. Mm-hmm. So when you would walk up to it, you see a crate of watermelons, and then the pinball machine God. on the crate of watermelons. <laughs> So they do they have they do have an agriculture pinball machine, <laughs> See, and it is it called was connected with agriculture. Whoa, so. Nelly, big juicy melons. melons. Look it up. Um, I want to play this. <laughs> so back to the farming simulator games. My goodness, they just go into so much detail, yes. and it's almost like it's almost too detailed. It's right? real life and yeah. legit. Yeah, yeah. Even when they were um, the little clip that you showed me where. They were on the tractor and then just getting like all the wheat out, yeah. you know, and just like the dust and mm-hmm. just the wheat coming out of the back. Yeah. It just totally took me back to like Summerton and Yuma. And, yeah. Like remember seeing like how dusty the air was or whenever they would burn the crops, like how, you know, the, the burning smell and stuff like right. that. Like, they they burn mm-hmm. the crops to basically add to the, as, as like a fertilizer sort of thing? Or? I think so, yeah. So they could start off a new crop. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Okay. At um, least that's what my understanding of it is. Gotcha. Um, Ever burn any big juicy melons? <laughs> no, no, but anyway. I should. <laughs> um, that sounds like fun. Or yeah. that it would smell nasty. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> a little bit of both. I'd rather... I'd rather eat them. I, I that's uh, that's okay. Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, with the farming simulator, and it's only going to get better with the, mm-hmm. with the, a lot of the upgrades in like PlayStation Five and things are based around environmental things. Mm-hmm. So, and I can only imagine they didn't talk about any of the sounds. Yeah, but that's got to be also a big part of immersing you in that. Yeah. In that environment. And you said you, you know, after you watched that video, you said to me, do they have a VR version? And it's like, if they don't, man, they are losing a big opportunity Mm -hmm. once they get all of their branding and all the things solid because they just keep on adding more and more stuff. My, My buddy, Chris doesn't like simulators or sandbox games or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And the reason is it's like, I do work every day. Why? do I come home to do work? I don't want to, you know, like, Mm -hmm. what do you got to do? I got to grow all these cantaloupes and I got to give this to whoever and I got to pay back Tom Nook (laughs) or (laughs) Slumlord Tom Nook. Balls Wade. Well, (laughs) at least he gives you an interest-free loan. So that's good. That's the good thing. But he's just kind of like, 
He's always looming over. Anyway, <laughs> enough of enough of that. You know, farming simulator. You do all sorts of things like cover crops. Now you can do with the new one coming out, and it's just going to get more and more detailed. And from what we saw, we saw the the latest one that they're working on. So yeah. all the wheat patterns and the pallets for those and how the wind works and yeah. how the seasons work. See, like, I didn't even know that then, that was a big contributor to like, yeah, yeah. Like seasons. all those different things They mm-hmm. they can just add more elements to it. And it is currently the most realistic farming simulator out there. I remember seeing like in a part where they were showing it's even like part driving game because mm-hmm. you've got to shift the gears yeah. of these tractors and stuff. And you and get it's to just choose, like, right? What gears they have? Yeah, Is that what you yeah. Said? Well, you get to choose the the, the models. The so models. what happens okay. is you you start with a base model mm-hmm. tractor, like the low end one. But then as you graduate, you can buy your John Deere's now. You can buy all these different you know licensed actual um, tractors. Yeah, and also equip them with different you know, different things to um, harvest or, or, you know, thresh wheat or, you know, whatever you need to do. So amazing. And actually, you know, I'm so amazed by it. I'm, I don't know if I want to buy it. I don't know if I want to pay. <laughs> if it comes out on the PlayStation 5 mm-hmm. and it's on sale, I you know, yeah, I still, yeah. I, I still, I, I'm fascinated by how detailed it is, but just by to know how it works, I feel like yeah, I already have that right. in mind, just wanting to know how it works, right, and stuff like that, right, know? and get a. And I mean, if you're a visual person, it could help in, as far as like, okay, I understand mm-hmm. what this means now. Yeah, um, I understand how much work goes into it and how much time it takes because it's like it's actual. They must have accelerated time in there. Oh, There's I'm, no way they mm-hmm. can they can. Have it match your your the current time that you're yeah yeah I mean maybe I don't know I haven't looked you into have to it too much. Wake up at freaking four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Ask me if I'm gonna pick up the farming simulator 2022. I'm conflicted. I, I mean, it if it's so not cool. too expensive, I yeah. feel like I would want to do what, it too. What would the price point? What <laughs> for me? Yeah, for you. Mm. If you were going to buy this game for Paul for Christmas. <laughs> For imagine, for imagine, no, no, just yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> imagine, Paul, quote unquote. <laughs> yep, I mean, I'm sure he's thought about buying you a PlayStation Five, no. so it's only got it's only fair. Yeah, that's you so know? funny. Yeah, I mean, we um, share a lot of our food, so even when it goes by with food, you right, know, based off of food. Yeah. Funny. Um, my cap would be about fifty dollars. Okay, I, think. I based on what I'm seeing on 2022, it looks like they are going to include as much as possible and they're making so many great changes that maybe it's worth over 50 bucks. Yeah. Maybe, but I'm probably not going to buy it unless it goes under, goes under 30. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I mean, it's just, it's just not my kind of game. I don't know if it ever is going to come to like, you know, I, I use the PlayStation network. So sometimes they, they'll include free games. Yeah. And free games, quote unquote. You're paying the <laughs> subscription, right? The, yeah. The games that you download for no money, if it's included in that, definitely want to play it. Yeah. Just to kind sure. of test it mm-hmm. out and check it out and see how in depth. It really is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the graphics look amazing. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's super realistic. Yeah. It's amazing. It's yep. really cool. To wrap this up before we part is I am playing a game 
that I'm really excited about. It's called Sakura of Rice and Ruin. It is a really interesting kind of a 2D side-scroller crossed with a farming simulation. The story is you're princess of the harvest. Your mother is the goddess of harvest and your father is a warrior god. And you're a little spoiled brat. (laughs) Something happens where a group of humans cross over into the realm of the gods and you're supposed to keep them out, but and then you accidentally burn down the shed that has all the rice as an offering. What the heck? I don't want to get too much into the story, but then basically you're banished to an island where you need to fight demons and grow rice to survive. That's you an and your concept. you and your family mm-hmm. or family, quote unquote. I mean, she's a goddess, right? They have different functions that they do. Like your traditional RPG, you've got your guy that's the blacksmith and you get the person who makes the clothes, Mm -hmm. the person who advises you on how to grow the rice. You have your cook and then you got this cute little Shiba Inu. You know, I'm not a dog person, but if I ever get a puppy, Mm -hmm. it's definitely going to be a Shiba Inu. Mm. Have you seen those? I think so. Yeah. I think I know which one. It's like it's kind of like a Samoya, but very tiny. It oh, looks yeah. looks like it's got like fox like colors. Mm-hmm. You're getting the impression that I like orange, <laughs> but big time. <laughs> yeah, with my orange kitties. Mm-hmm. What you do in the game is you go back and forth. The game play loop is you harvest your components and things you need to build stuff or level up your weapons. Uh, by playing through these stages that are like 2D side-scroller stages. And they, you know, they play much in the way any kind of platformer stage gets played. You've got these certain goals you have to accomplish, and each goal is worth a star, and then when the stars reach a certain level, then you unlock a new area to explore and get resources from. And while you're doing that... The other part is the rice, growing the rice, planting the seedlings, monitoring the water in the field, you know, doing that once it grows, you do the the threshing of the rice and then you got to keep track of the manure and make sure it's the right nutrients are there and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like first thing you do after winter is you've got to till the ground to make sure it's nice and soft for everything. I feel like I'm going all over the place because I love this game. <laughs> um, it's, I mean, it's, it's, maybe it's I love this game because it's the perfect game for me now. But the whole rice thing, I can play a couple of days and then put, put it down and then play it again. And the action part, as far as, you know, the, the weapons and the things you use, you use farmer implements. But it's enjoyable and challenging. And the, what the rice does is after you grow it, your goddess powers based on how well you produce the rice, what the quality of the rice is Mm -hmm. will determine how you level up and how, you know, how, how much stronger you get. So if you focus on growing the rice, you're going to, your character is going to be much stronger as the season goes on more quickly. It's so much fun. I highly recommend it to anyone who has a PlayStation 4 who, or has an interest in growing rice because it's also it's like it goes it's a into process, it sounds like yeah it kind of goes in the process of mm-hmm. doing like you've got to 
do the hulling and you've got to do, you know, like all the things like drying and also like pulling the rice off the, it's, it's oh really, gosh, you know, yeah. and they're like little mini games and they yeah. take a little while. Yeah. You do have to do it over and over and over again, but it's over the course of seasons. Oh, okay. And based on what you select at the beginning, I'm not this far, but I'm guessing there are different tools to do the different things in the game because it gives you an option to select a different method. So I'm guessing as I go further on in the game, there'll be different mini games to do all this like stuff Yeah. because there are different methods of growing and producing rice. So, so far it's really, it's a really fun game. It's it's silly. It's got a silly sense of humor. Mm -hmm. It's got just the whole like demons and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean the (laughs) demons are animals that have little painted things. (laughs) They're painted, demons. I don't know, yeah, they're, they're demons, but it's like, you know, they're birds flying around, yeah. and the bird demons get you, and the rabbit demons, and let's close the show. Do you have any final words on on agriculture? I don't think so. Just, no? I guess, just garlic memories. Garlic <laughs> the memories. Of, the smell of garlic. The memories of garlic. The memories. Who doesn't? Who, if you don't like garlic, I don't want to be your friend. No, it's not true. It's really good for your heart. It's it's delicious. I it's love garlic. So good. It makes like your food 20, 50, 1,000 times better. I agree. Yeah. And it's something that spices your food without spicing your mm-hmm. food, right? It's yeah. kind of like it can give you a better flavor and you don't have to use salt. Uh, my name was, <laughs> is Ben. My name is Marily. And we've been your hosts. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.